Hello, and welcome to For the Journey, a podcast offering formation and inspiration to Christians longing for more of God in their lives and in the world. For the Journey is presented by Coracle, a ministry committed to inspiring and enabling people to be the presence of God in the brokenness of the world through spiritual formation for kingdom action. We want to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God so that you can go further into the world with God's loving, healing, redeeming power. For the Journey is a space where each week we hope to help you encounter God and live a more integrated life of faith in the world by offering a regular rhythm of reflections, guided spiritual practices, thoughtful conversations, and more. This week, we share a Space for God reflection from Dr. Ben Sammons. Ben guides us through a reflective reading of Adventures in New Testament Greek, Nous, a poem by acclaimed poet and theologian Scott Cairns. The poem invites us into a spiritual exercise meant to draw our attention to the role of the heart in discernment. We hope you will be blessed by Ben's thoughtful unpacking of this poem and by the fresh way of praying the poem opens up to us. Here's Ben. Thank you all so much for the privilege of being with you this morning. Um, It's really an honor uh, to get to do this for the first time with Coracle. Um, I want to begin with just some familiar words from Psalm 1914 um, as a genuine prayer and also as a kind of preface to um, what we'll be looking at this morning. So, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So we'll be reflecting this morning on a poem by Scott Cairns called Adventures in New Testament Greek, Nous, and Nous is N-O-U-S. Some of you may be familiar with Cairns or even with this poem. Um, Cairns is a a highly regarded, highly awarded American poet and one of my favorites. He's he's taught at several universities across the country. Um, He's currently at Seattle Pacific University. One of his master's degrees he um, he actually got from uh, Holland's College when it was when it was college. So kind of in Coracle's neck of the woods, um, maybe in some respects a local, but he's been all over the place. Um, but this highly regarded poet and, and he's a Christian, uh, he, he grew up Baptist, uh, became Presbyterian in college and then converted to orthodoxy as an adult. And his, um, his poetry is really shot through with a very profound Christian spirituality. He's, he's had several collections of poems and even just the titles of those collections sort of speak to where he's coming from. Some of them are um, the theology of doubt, uh, recovered body, uh, philokalia, which is the name of that collection of the sayings of, of the desert fathers. Um, Idiot Psalms is one of, one of the collections. His collected works are called uh, Slow Pilgrim. And so it's just his, his faith, his spiritual life is, is just all over um, his poems. And I want to say, too, just before we get into, before I read the poem and we begin to reflect a little bit, that to, to just speak to this word noose, again, 
N-O-U-S, a little bit of context might be helpful here. And um, some of you probably know a little bit of Greek and you would be um, better explainers of this uh, than, than I am. But what I can say is, so it is this ancient Greek word and it shows up in the New Testament a lot. It shows up in ancient philosophy quite a bit. And it often is simply translated as reason or mind or intellect. Um, those are the most common translations of this word, but particularly in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, it tends to denote something richer, something fuller than that. Um, it has been called by some Eastern Orthodox thinkers, the eye of the heart. And so while it has this sort of mental, you know, rational um, valence or dimension to it, it it for for orthodox thinkers is is also it, it's connected to to that heart space. So the eye of the heart. Some some orthodox thinkers um, talk about it in terms of when they think about our capacity to know God as humans. What is that that inbuilt aptitude for um, perceiving or apperceiving the divine? they think often in terms of the noose. Um, and I think because it brings together mind and heart a little bit, intellect and, and heart, it, it also just brings to mind that phrase that we see in a number of places in scripture, you know, the thoughts of the heart, right? That sometimes in our maybe kind of dualistic, modernist uh, sort of framework, we might be inclined to think, well, we, we think with the head, we think with the brain, with the mind, and we, we feel with the heart, right? But it seems like this word is more um, integral than that and kind of brings together these dimensions of our being at a deeper level. And so this word noose is one that Cairns picks up in this poem and wants to, wants to go deeper with, wants to let breathe and, and be to be that rich signifier that, that it is. So um, I am going to uh, share my screen really quick if I can, in order to um, let you see adventures in New Testament Greek, noose. You could almost think the word synonymous with mind given our so far narrow history and the excessive esteem in which we have been led to hold what is, in this case, our rightly designated nervous systems. Little wonder then that some presume the mind itself, both part and parcel of the person, the very seat of soul, and lately crucible for a host of chemical incentives combinations of which can pretty much answer for most of our habits and for our affections. When even the handy lexicon cannot quite place the noose as anything beyond one rustic ancestor of reason, you might be satisfied to trouble the odd term no further, and so would fail to find your way to it, most fruitful faculty untried. Dormant in its roaring cave, the heart's intellective aptitude grows dim unless you find a way to wake it. So let's try something even now, even as you tend these lines, 
Attend for a moment to your breath as you draw it in. Regard the breath's cool descent, a stream from mouth to throat to the furnace of the heart. Observe that queer, cool confluence of breath and blood and do your thinking there. And I'd like to just take a minute, one minute, I'll time us, um, and perhaps just reread. And I'm simply curious about what observations um, you may have about the poem. We will get to, in a few minutes, to the exercise that, that Cairns gives us at the end of the poem, and we will attend to the breath. But I want to begin just with looking at the poem as a poem. Um, what do you notice? What catches your attention? Maybe scribble a note or two. Um, take one minute. If, if you have any thoughts and, and you just want to chime in for a second, or if you want to put something in the chat, um, go ahead. What did you notice? Anything striking you? I noticed what appeared to be like run-on sentences so that you didn't necessarily take a breath. It just kept going and going and going and that it, seem to be so highly intellectual, yet so really real. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And I'd like to spend some time with that thought as well in just a minute. Wonderful. Anything else? Well, I think right from the very beginning, we're all invited in. Um, it's, a, it's a really interactive uh, poem. It, we don't get to sort of step to the side and observe along with. It's more of a face-to-face, -face, if that makes any sense. Great, yeah. So obviously at the end, when he invites us into an exercise, but even in the first line, you, um, right. So yeah, the heart as a furnace, wonderful. Um, I love all of these. And you're, we're noticing similar things here. Good. Anything else before turning? We don't think of the heart's um, intellective aptitude. Yeah. Uh, the heart's intellective aptitude is really that phrase in this poem that captures his sense of what, uh, what the noose is, right? That the eye of the heart, um, that again, that sort of integral 
mind heart thing going on. Great. Rightly designated nervous system. Yeah. To, uh, to the earlier comment about this being a highly intellectual poem, uh, even that phrase thinking of the rightly designated nervous system. And, and the, that he's also beginning with this very sort of, uh, materialist conception of you know, physicalist, naturalist conception of, of what the noose is. Dormant in its roaring cave, power to be unleashed. Great. Poem, a journey down from the mind to the heart. Yes, that descent going on. I love it. Thanks, y'all. Um, I, I want to... Um, yeah, to bring out some of, some of these things that that you're mentioning, I do think that there are sort of several movements that, that are happening in this poem. So I think that we do begin with the poem as a, it's very oriented toward ideas and concepts and, and even a particular word, right? He's going to, um, he, he, he's grappling with, with this word noose and he is beginning in this almost academic kind of mode. Um, we, we might even think of the term logos, right? The, the logical is, is where he begins, but then it moves, of course, at the end to, uh, to the heart. And there is, if I can um, get my own, my own copy of it back, uh, the breath's cool descent, a stream from mouth to throat to the furnace of the heart, um, breath and blood. Uh, okay, so from... Uh, from concept to heart and body and embodiment toward the end of the poem. And it's really the movement of the incarnation, right? It is the word becoming flesh. I think we also get a little bit of a movement from cold to hot. One of you mentioned the, the furnace of the heart. And, and I think that, um, that, beginning in that highly intellectual space is a somewhat cold, almost distant kind of tone in the beginning of the poem. But of course, the furnace of the heart and we're, we're in touch with blood at, at the end. So even kind of the, the emotional temperature of the poem changes. We also move from concept to practice. Right. The beginning is this sort of exploration of a term and well, maybe it means this or some suggest that it means this. What if it means this? A kind of walking around a word in this very analytical fashion and then moving to. So let's try something moving to practice. And finally, I would say that there's even a kind of movement from we might say complexity to simplicity or. Um, disorder to order in a way you mentioned one of you the um the run on the almost run on sentences at the beginning if if you're looking at the text then you can see that there are all of these commas in that very first sentence all of these kind of interrupting phrases i'll read it again really briefly you could almost think the word synonymous with mind given our so far narrow history and the excessive esteem in which we have been led to hold what is, in this case, our rightly designated nervous systems. All of those commas and even the way that line endings are working here and one line running into the next, it makes it frankly difficult to keep up with at, at the very beginning of the poem and to understand even what is being said, the sense of the words. 
But again, that turn at the end to there's a simplification that happens so that we get, so let's try something even now. And, and there, it, it even feels like there's a kind of slowing down that's happening all of a sudden and a, a narrowing in of the focus. And so what I'd like to do now, moving beyond that kind of literary analytical piece that, that we've done for a minute is to actually engage his exercise. Um, I'm going to reread it and in just three or four minutes, follow his instructions. And again, maybe make some notes with kind of this question in mind of this morning, what does your heart know? What does the eye of your heart shed light on this morning? What does it perceive? So I'll read again, and all of this will take three or four minutes and sort of follow his instructions and take, um, take his invitation. Uh, I'll, I'll put, if I can, uh, share my screen one more time to do this. Adventures in New Testament Greek, noose. You could almost think the word synonymous with mind, given our so far narrow history and the excessive esteem in which we have been led to hold what is, in this case, our rightly designated nervous systems. Little wonder then that some presume the mind itself both part and parcel of the person, the very seat of soul, and lately, crucible for a host of chemical incentives combinations of which can pretty much answer for most of our habits and for our affections. When even the handy lexicon cannot quite place the noose as anything beyond one rustic ancestor of reason, you might be satisfied to trouble the odd term no further, and so would fail to find your way to it, most fruitful faculty untried. Dormant in its roaring cave, the heart's intellective aptitude grows dim unless you find a way to wake it. So let's try something even now. Even as you tend these lines, attend for a moment to your breath as you draw it in. Regard the breath's cool descent, a stream from mouth to throat to the furnace of the heart. Observe that queer, cool confluence of breath and blood and do your thinking there. Take a few minutes.
as you're as you're sitting with whatever has has come to the mind of your heart this morning, um, I just want to to very briefly read, and I won't even give you a visual of this one, but the poem that directly follows this one in in his collection um, comes right after this poem is called having descended to the heart. So it's picking up on what he's just invited us to do. And it says this, and I offer this simply as a kind of invitation to take what your heart has shed light on, what the noose has, has illuminated and to bring it to God as to an intimate friend. This other poem reads this way. Once you have grown used to the incessant prayer, the pulse insists upon And once that throbbing din grows less diverting, if undiminished, you'll surely want to look around, which is when you'll likely apprehend that you can't see a thing. Terror sometimes sports an upside, this time serves as tinder, hauling you to port. What's apparent in the dark is how the heart's embrace, if manifestly intermittent, is really quite reliable and very nearly bides as if another sought to join you there. And I love that closing line, as if another sought to join you there. The poem is suggesting that when we we get still and get quiet in this way that he's just invited us to do and felt our breath descend into our hearts, that we might be inclined to look around and find ourselves in the dark, right? In a kind of holy darkness. And, and he says, the heart's embrace, if manifestly intermittent, we come in and out of touch with it, is really quite reliable and very, very nearly bides. It stays close, it sticks close, as if another sought to join you there. And isn't that the truth, that, that in that space, God is joining us. And so I simply invite you as you sit with these things, whatever may have occurred to you this morning, to turn to your companion who is with you there um, and to offer it to him and to converse as with a friend. Thanks so much for listening to For the Journey. We hope you'll join us again next week. And in the meantime, you can explore past episodes and see what we're up to at inthecoracle.org and on social media at inthecoracle. If you were blessed by what you just heard, please subscribe as we'll be releasing new episodes each week. Please also feel free to rate and review the show and share this episode around with others who might be blessed by it. For the Journey is made possible by the generous support of our Coracle partners, the wonderful men and women who choose to support this ministry through their prayers and financial gifts. If you're one of our partners and are listening, we are so grateful for you. If you would like to join us as a sustaining partner, you can set up a monthly donation of any amount at inthecoracle.org support. The link is in the show notes. Our growing community of partners gets access to tailor-made resources, gifts, and events, and we would love for you to be a part of that. Our theme song is Mystery Hymn from our friends at Lowland Hum. Please give them a listen wherever you get your music. 
And so, friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. And we will see you on the journey. So